0: Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight, we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the Recovery College, wellbeing or research.
1: Hello, my name is Aoife Dunn. I'm a research assistant psychologist at NSFT. And my name's is Gee. I'm Research Development Lead for the Child, Family
0: and Young People's team. And I also work at NSFT.
1: This is one of the research episodes. And today we'll be talking about the ASPIRE study. We've previously recorded a few episodes about ASPIRE. So if you wanna hear more about the early stages or co-production, please give one of those a listen. Um, the project is now concluded and the focus of today's episode will be talking about the findings. So Bryony, can you tell us a bit about what Aspire is?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, So Aspire is all about developing a new support package for families where a child has experienced ACEs. That stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. Um, And ACEs is a term that's been used to describe a group of traumatic or stressful events that happened to um, some young people before the age of 18. And that have been linked to an increased risk of um, negative health outcomes. Um, so that could be poor physical health, but also poor mental health. Um, the sorts of um, experiences we're talking about are things like being abused or neglected, experiencing domestic violence at home, um, parental separation, being bullied, or experiencing a serious illness um, or disability in childhood, those types of things. Um, So the aim of the project was to try and develop something together with young people themselves, their parents and carers and professionals working in this field um, that would help parents and carers to support um, their young people um, and build up something that we refer to as resilience. Um, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit um, more later. Um, so the project was funded by the NIHR through their Research for Patient Benefits Scheme. Um, the NIHR, I should say, is the National Institute for Health and Social Care Research. Um, and the project lasted 20 months in total, and so we've just come to an end. I um, was really lucky to work with a brilliant team on the project. Um, so I did want to make sure I acknowledge um, the amazing people we've worked with, both the, both the academic team, um, but also our stakeholder team, of people with kind of personal lived experience of this topic who've put in an amazing amount of dedication and um, expertise um, to help us with this. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to talk a little bit about what we found out
1: today. Great. Why was something like Aspiring needed? So, yeah,
0: as I mentioned, um, ACEs are linked with an increased risk of um, yeah, lots of um, negative outcomes later in life. And actually, in high income countries, it's estimated that about 28% of all mental health can be kind of directly linked to ACEs. Um, So it's kind of something that's really um, has a serious impact on young people's futures. Um, But really importantly, we know that not all young people who do experience ACEs go on to have poor mental health later on or, or other or, um, outcomes. Some young people, even though they've had really difficult early lives, go on to thrive and yeah, live kind of really healthy, happy lives. And the thing that seems to um, kind of come in between the ACEs and um, what happens later on um, is something called resilience. Um, so some um, young people seem to have this kind of thing we refer to as resilience that means that even, even though they have had really difficult experiences early on, they are able um, to kind of bounce back from those experiences. Um, And we know a little bit about what um, kind of uh, factors contribute to that resilience. Some of it is kind of internal characteristics, so sort of individual characteristics of the young person. Um, But we know that a lot of it is also about the young person's um, kind of social environment and the social kind of resources they have to draw upon. So in Aspire, we wanted to try and build both of those things. So build the young person's internal resilience, um, but also build the support around them. Um, So that was part of the reason that we wanted to have an intervention where it wouldn't just be um, a professional working directly with a young person, it would be a professional supporting the parent or carer to support the young person. Um, So we were kind of building that young person's support network by building that relationship with a trusted adult in their life. Really important that that adult um, was a kind of a safe person, um, wasn't someone that was involved um, in the ACEs, Um, but we know that... um, Those kind of trusted adults in a young person's life can play a really, really important role um, in building resilience um, and making sure a young person kind of grows up to be um, kind of as healthy as possible and and to thrive. So, yeah, that that was kind of the thinking behind Aspire to try and develop this intervention to build resilience that would involve um, the young person's parent or carer. Um, And we approached um, Professor Cathy Creswell about this because she's already done a lot of work um, on parent-delivered interventions. Um, She's developed something called parent-delivered CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy for childhood anxiety, um, which has been found to be a really successful approach. Um, So what happens there is rather than a professional delivering CBT to a child, um, a professional supports the parent or carer to learn CBT-based techniques um, and use those approaches from CBT in the child's day-to-day life. Um, And it's been found that um, that's just as effective, that parent delivered CBT as um, cognitive behavioural therapy delivered directly by a professional to a young person. Um, And it's also been found to be kind of really acceptable. Um, So by acceptable, we mean that, yeah, parents and young people generally kind of like it. They're happy with the approach. Um, So we... As part of Aspire, we wanted to kind of use the learning from that and take a similar approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather than um, teaching the parent or carer CBT-based techniques, in Aspire, what we were doing was teaching the parent or carer positive psychology-based techniques. Because whereas, uh, whereas CBT um, is something that's been developed to um, help treat sort of specific disorders, so in this case, anxiety disorders. Um, in this project, we're doing something slightly different because we're working with a group of young people where... Um, The young person might not necessarily have a sort of specific kind of disorder, specific symptoms they were dealing with. Um, We're trying to take a more preventative approach um, and kind of build positives in their life to build the young person's resilience. Um, And that's kind of what positive psychology is all about. Um, So positive psychology is about um, enhancing an individual's strengths enhancing a community's strengths. So we wanted to use the learning from positive psychology. It's a relatively new field, um, but there's been a lot of research over the past couple of decades investigating what sort of techniques can help um, build the positives and strengths in someone's life. Um, so yeah, we wanted to take the learning from that, but apply it to a kind of a new approach where um, it would be a parent or carer delivered intervention using positive psychology to support the resilience of young people who've experienced ACEs. So, yeah, that was the kind of, yeah, rationale behind Aspire.
1: It's re- really interesting. Can you tell us what you did as part of Aspire?
0: Yeah, yeah. So the project um, had two stages. So there were kind of two work packages, we called them. Um, the whole thing was um kind of overseen and guided by our stakeholder team. Um, so as I think I mentioned um early, earlier, earlier. There were um, a group that we worked with who had lived experience of this topic and kind of personal expertise. Um, So that might be um, that they themselves had experienced ACEs or that they had experience of caring for a young person who'd experienced ACEs. Um, Some of our stakeholders also had professional experience. Um, So some had um, led parent carer support groups, for instance. Um, And yeah, they used their expertise to kind of guide the, the whole project. Um, In the first stage of the project, um, stage one, we did a couple of things. Um, So we started off by just looking at existing positive psychology interventions. So our research assistant on the project, Isabella, did an amazing job. She looked at over 80 academic research papers um, and made some great, very intricate spreadsheets where she pulled out lots of details from those research papers um, about the positive psychology interventions. Um, what they included, so what the components um, of those interventions were, um, and what the effects of the intervention were. So yeah, how good were they at achieving um, their aims and what they were trying to do. Um, so we used all the information from that to help us learn you know, what's out there already and what seems to work. So that was the, f- the first bit of stage one. Also as part of stage one, we did some qualitative um, interviews and focus groups. Um, So that means we um, basically spoke in depth to people about their experience of this topic. Um, So we did interviews with some young people, some parents and carers and also professionals um, who work to support young people with ACEs Um, and we spoke to them about what they would want from this sort of um, new support package, Um, what sort of um, content do they think we should include, how should we be delivering the content, how we should be supporting parents and carers um, to do these uh, do this sort of work with their child. Um, we use kind of both those bits of information together, so the information about the existing positive psychology um, interventions and the information from the interviews and focus groups about what young people, parents and carers and professionals would want from this sort of intervention. And it was all fed back to our stakeholder team. Uh, We then held um, some intervention development workshops where we worked with our stakeholder team to come up with an initial design for our support package. Um, So they made decisions on what they thought should be included as part of it. Also, what shouldn't be included as as part of it. That was a really important um, part of the discussion, too. Um, And yeah, we kind of worked together to come up with our initial design and and put something together.
1: And the support package you created, what did that actually entail or, or what did that look like?
0: Yeah, so a really key message that came through from our kind of um, stage one work was that the support package needed to be really flexible and not a kind of one-size-fits-all thing. Um, So the way that we tried to accommodate that was um, create a support package that was split into modules um, that families could choose from. Um, So there were three modules as part of the package. There was one that we called How You See Yourself, Um, which was about helping the young person to kind of think about themselves, their strengths and their future. um, Yeah, kind of what they would kind of like to work towards, that sort of thing. Um, There was a module called Thoughts and Feelings, which was about working with the young person to identify their emotions and how those link to their uh, their thoughts and behaviours. Um, developing um, kind of yeah better kind of emotion um, regulation skills, I guess you might say. Um, so yeah, better abilities to kind of manage difficult strong emotions. Um, and then the final module was um, called social, and that was about yeah building up the young person's social skills, helping them to think about who they have around them in their support network, um, that kind of thing. And within each module there was a choice of different activities um, that their um, families could choose from um, and the, the idea was that they would kind of pick the thing that they thought was most kind of relevant to their child's needs to what they wanted to work on but also that would fit with the young person's kind of interests um, and strengths so that was something that again came through really clearly in our earlier work was that this needs to be something that's going to be engaging um, for children I don't think I've mentioned yet, but our kind of target age group for this intervention was ages 8 to 12. Um, So, yeah, we were kind of told very clearly that it needs to be something that's fun. It can't just be a dry series of worksheets um, that they're working through. Um, So to try and make it as fun and engaging as possible, we included a range of different activities. Um, So we included some that were kind of creative arts and crafts based activities. We included some that were kind of game and movement based included some that were screen-based or technology-based and then there were some that were kind of paper-based and sort of more quiet activities. So the idea was that there would be something that would kind of yeah catch the, the interest of kind of every young person. Um, yeah, maybe that's a bit ambitious to think every young person, mm-hmm. but yeah, as wide a range of young people as, as possible. So um, kind of, yeah, within these modules, there was in total 14 short videos, which explained some of the key um, topics that we were trying to introduce. Um, we encouraged parents and carers to watch those videos um, together with the young person. Um, there were also some videos that were just for the parent and carer, which were kind of webinar-style videos to give them some of the key background um, to help them to feel confident then deliver the activities um, with their children. Um, There were then 30 activity cards which um, contained the instructions for each activity, um, explained um, what we hoped the young person would get out of the activity, any materials that were needed, and gave some some tips on how to do the activity um, in a really kind of positive positive, supportive way. Um, And then we also developed some graphic resources to support the activities. Um, So there are a range of kind of handouts, um, colourful cards, Um, worksheets, that kind of thing. Um, And we also sent out um, some arts and crafts activities, uh, arts arts and crafts materials, sorry, to each family, um, so that they kind of had everything they needed to do the activities. Yeah, alongside this kind of package of resources that we developed, also really importantly, each family was supported by an ASPIRE facilitator. Um, It's again, in our stage one work, yeah, we were told that it was really important that parents and carers just weren't left on their own to do this with their young person, that they needed to, to feel supported and be supported in a kind of a flexible way that worked for them. Um, so the Aspire facilitators um, received um, training from us as the research team so that they were really familiar um, with the support package and the things that were in it, and also the principles behind it. We kind of made clear the kind of approach we wanted um, facilitators to take um, to supporting families, that we wanted them to really try and empower the parent or carer to kind of be there as a supporter and and encourager, um, to definitely um, be non-blaming. That was something that um, in our interviews lots of parents and carers said that they had some experiences of feeling um, perhaps quite blamed or criticized in the past. Um, So we made it really clear that that was a really important part of this approach, um, that we wanted to avoid doing that at all costs. And instead, you know, really encourage the parents and carers um, and recognise the amazing work that they were doing um, in doing this work with the young people to build their resilience. Mm -hmm. Um, So the facilitators offered... um, contacts with the, the parent or carer to support them and to kind of guide them through the package to help them select activities that might um, fit best for um, their young person and to adapt the activities as well um, where needed. So yeah, an activity perhaps yeah, didn't quite fit the, the individual family. They can make suggestions for how kind of the same aims could be achieved just slightly differently. Um, so they offered up to eight sessions to do that. Um, But there was a lot of flexibility in exactly how many sessions they they did offer. So it it didn't have to be all eight Um, and the sessions could be done in different ways. So they could be done over the phone, over video call or face to face, um, depending on what uh, what worked best for the individual family and for the facilitator as well. Um, So, yeah, we tried to keep it as as flexible
1: as possible. And in the second part of the project, you invited some families to try out the new support package. Is, Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So
0: yes, once we'd created our um, sort of first draft, I guess, of the intervention, we wanted then some families to try it out to see um, whether whether it was good, (laughs) whether we needed to make any changes before going any further. Um, So that was the aim of the second stage of the project. Um, So we invited 12 families in total um, to be part of the project. So each family had um, a child who was between the ages of eight and 12, who the parent or carer felt had been significantly impacted by at least one ACE. Um, and the families all had a chance to try out the support package, um, but some um, started it straight away and some started it after waiting periods. Um, so it was what we call a wait list control study. Um, so we had yeah six, six families in our kind of immediate group, and six families in our kind of waitlist group, who started after 10 weeks. All of the families completed um, some assessment measures for us, so filled in some questionnaires um, before they started the support package, and then afterwards, um, and then yeah, one more time for the um, immediate group. Um, and at the end of um, them trying out the support package, we invited them to take part in an interview if they'd like to, to kind of feedback about the experience. Um, so both the parent carer and the young person, if they'd like to, um, to tell us, yeah, what do they think of it? Did they find the resources that were provided useful? Did they find the support useful? Was there anything that perhaps didn't work quite so well for them? They think that perhaps need to be kind of changed or adapted before we um, went any further with it. Yeah, And we also spoke to our um, facilitators as part of the research as well. So they were kind of participants in their own right too. Um, so yeah, they were... They were also trying out how the intervention would work for them. How would they find um, supporting families to um, use the support package materials? Um, and we did focus groups with facilitators at the end so we could get their kind of thoughts and reflections um, on how it had gone, how they'd found supporting the families.
1: Can you tell us about some of the findings? Yeah, sure.
0: Um, so there were kind of three things that we were really interested in at this stage of this um, of the research. Um, so first of all we wanted to know about kind of feasibility and practicality so would it be possible to deliver this support package as we intended Um, so we were looking at things like would people sign up to be um, part of this study or not and if they did sign up would they kind of stick with it so would they actually use the resources um, or or not would they perhaps you know find they didn't really work for them and um, stop using them so we kind of yeah, we're looking at looking at that as our kind of first point. Um, we were also interested in acceptability. So um I think I mentioned um earlier, so that was about, you know, did families like it? Did facilitators like it? You know, is it something they thought was was okay um, for them to be to be doing? And then finally, really importantly, we we're interested in safety. So we collected information on any negative effects that families might have experienced. Um through being part of the the project and trying out the support package. Um, So we wanted to check that there were no kind of serious safety concerns that might mean that we wouldn't be able to progress any further with this project. Um, So I'll try and talk through each of those in turn. So feasibility, acceptability and safety in terms of our findings. So first of all, feasibility. So um, we had a really um, good amount of interest in the project, which was great. Um, We'd originally intended to only recruit um, around six intervention facilitators, um, but we had so much interest that in the end we recruited 12 um, because we wanted to kind of recruit the maximum that we we could. And given that we were um, looking for 12 families, uh, 12 was obviously the maximum number of facilitators we could have. And those facilitators came from across a really wide range of um, sectors as well. Um, So we had some who were from education, some who were from health, some from social care and some from the voluntary sector. Um, So that was really nice to be able to kind of try out how the support package worked um, across different organisations who may be interested um, in using it in the future. Um, And yeah, see how kind of how well it fits within each of those settings. We also managed to um, find families to take part relatively easily. Originally, we'd allowed five months to find out twelve families and we managed to um, do that within three, which was great. I think it's fairly unusual that research projects managed to find all their participants quicker than they'd expected. Um, so, yeah, that was that was really positive. All of the families who started the intervention. Um, engaged with their facilitator and tried out at least some of the support package resources which was was brilliant Um, so the average number of sessions um, that was completed was 5.6 so there was between three and eight sessions um, per family eight being the kind of maximum that we'd set and yeah parents and carers attended 86.8 percent of support sessions offered so on average Um, so yeah really good levels of engagement we thought we also asked um, families to fill in a checklist um, to say how much of the um, resources they'd used and also to kind of rate the approach of the facilitator. Um, the ratings of facilitators approach were amazing. <laughs> we had some really great facilitators involved in the project. So we got an average of, so the maximum was 18 for kind of the highest um, rating that they could give for their facilitators approach. And the average was 17.8. So. Yeah, really, really high ratings for the facilitators, which was, yeah, fantastic. And 10 of the 11 um, parents said that they had um, used material from all four optional modules, which was amazing. Yeah, so yeah, all really kind of positive stuff in terms of how well um, the support package was used by families, um, so that's great. So, yeah, so we were kind of satisfied that this intervention seems to be usable um, and sort of feasible to deliver in the way that we we had initially planned. So that was really good. Um, so then thinking a little bit more about acceptability. Um, and again, generally, the acceptability seemed to be really good. So we did, as I mentioned, um, interviews with families who'd taken part and with facilitators. Generally, they were really positive about the experience and said it had been kind of an enjoyable experience, something they valued. So we've got a quote from a young person that we just wanted to share that we thought kind of exemplified some of what young people told us about the experience of trying out the support package.
1: The activities were really fun. I like that we were able to share emotions and explain them to each other.
0: So I think that was quite typical of the sorts of things young people told us, that they'd found um, the activities fun generally. Not all of them, There were you know, the odd few activities that some young people hadn't liked, which is yeah, absolutely fine. Um, but in general, um, yeah, they enjoyed the activities and really enjoyed spending time with their parent or carer and perhaps talking to them about some things that they might not usually in their day to day life. So that was really lovely to see. Um, the parents and carers also really value the intervention. Um, They valued the chance to talk with the facilitator and have that support there. They enjoyed the time with their young person and perhaps thinking about their young person in a slightly different way to they might usually. Um, Lots of parents and carers said they really enjoyed learning about their young person's strengths um, and helping the young person to recognise their own strengths. Um, That was really lovely. Um, So, yeah, quick quote from a parent or carer here about how they felt about the intervention. It was a lifeline. yeah because it can be a very isolating lonely place when you've got all this going on with your kid and the facilitators as well were really positive about um, the experience of supporting the parent or carer through the process quite a few facilitators spoke about really liking the proactive approach that was taken Um, so some said they spent quite a bit of their time working with um, families when things have perhaps kind of gone wrong and they would reached a crisis point and um, so finding it really nice to do something kind of positive and proactive, kind of building on using the family's strengths. And um, so this was a, a quote um, from a facilitator um, highlighting that. It's lovely to be able to deliver something positive and working together rather than going in at that point where they're struggling so much that they're sort of on the floor. So, yeah, that was really lovely to, to hear all those um, positive bits of feedback um, from young people, parents and carers and families. Um, so that, yeah, that reassured us This this generally seems to be um, a kind of well-liked kind of approach. People that we spoke to also um, talked about the impact that they felt it had had. Um, so um, parents and carers um, spoke about the young person um, seeming more confident often, having kind of identified yeah, things that they liked about themselves and things that they wanted to work towards. Um, and they talked a lot about the kind of the increased connection that they felt they have with the young person and that they felt that they'd kind of um, bonded and kind of strengthened their ability to have conversations that they perhaps otherwise wouldn't have done. And were really pleased when young people had sometimes increased their ability to kind of talk about and describe their own emotions. So increase their emotional vocabulary. And they felt that that had also helped them to become close with their young person because they could kind of better understand what the young person was, was experiencing. Um, and I found that really helpful, um, so that was great. I would say we're connected more. I would say we talk about feelings more. I think it's because of the activity that we've done over the last few months that had triggered that conversation and that connection to allow us to have that kind of conversation. I would say that lots of um, parents and carers, and this was reflected by the facilitators as well, felt that it was still kind of very early days with the improvements they were seeing. Um, So most families said that they had noticed that a young person um, had benefited from the intervention in some ways. But yeah, often they felt like these were relatively kind of small steps, but they felt that the true impact of um, the support package would be seen longer term. Um, So all of the parents and carers we spoke to said they were planning to carry on um, using the support package, whether that was using the activities themselves were using things they'd learned from the activities. So kind of the principles of them um, with their child day to day. And they felt that that was what would really have the impact was kind of continuing that approach. Um, So that was great to hear as well. Something that um, we did really want to highlight though was that it wasn't necessarily um, a suitable um, approach for all families. Um, We did have um, one family that fed back that um, the support package really wasn't right for her child. Um, and just didn't meet their needs. Um, so this is a quote from that parental carer. I found a lot of the activities were geared for neurotypical children. If he can't do something, he gets so frustrated with himself. So that's something we really want to think about more um, going forwards. How can we make sure that the support package is accessible um, for as many um, families as possible and meets the needs meet of as many young people as possible? Um, so we've been considering how we could potentially kind of offer some adaptations to activities to kind of help um, families to um, yeah, sort of flex the activities. So they're still kind of using the same principles, but in a way that um, their young person is better able to access. But the overall um, kind of message, I guess, we got back from um, the feedback um, from yeah, everyone who was involved in the feasibility study was that they'd really like to see um, this go further and for the um, support package to potentially be offered to more families in future. Um, so this was a quote from a parent or carer um, that kind of illustrates that point. I genuinely hope that Aspire actually gets launched properly, fully, permanently to people because I think that needs, there is a gap there that needs to support families I just think it'll be really, really good if this can be rolled out to help more parents, basically. So that was really lovely to hear again. Um, So, yeah, really positive findings about the acceptability um, of the overall approach, um, which was great. The final thing that we looked at um, very carefully was safety. Um, So we monitored for any serious adverse events that happened during the study, um, and thankfully there, there were none. Um, We also asked um, parents and carers to fill out um, a questionnaire which asked about lots of potential um, negative effects that psychological therapies can potentially have. And we did find that quite a lot of parents and carers did report that there were at least some adverse effects of the therapy, which was interesting. Mm.
1: Um,
0: But generally, these were rated as uh, not a problem or only a slight problem. Um, And through the qualitative interviews, We got the very clear impression that for most families any negative effects of the intervention um, were very clearly outweighed by the positive effects Um, but yeah as we said earlier that wasn't necessarily the case for for all families Um, so we had one family where yeah they didn't feel the intervention would work for for them um, and potentially thought that it had some negative effects on the young person um, in terms of the young person becoming frustrated as was mentioned in the quote Um, So, yeah, that's something we do need to be really mindful of um, going forwards, we think, making sure that the intervention, um, this support package is the right fit for the particular family, um, because, yeah, if it's not the right fit, there is that potential um, to cause some distress, which obviously we really want to minimise as much as possible. Um, The other interesting um, thing that came out of looking at potential adverse effects um, was that for some um, parents and carers, Potentially um, doing this sort of work might kind of trigger some potentially painful realisations about themselves and their own um, past difficult experiences they themselves have been through. Kind of may prompt them to kind of think more deeply about yeah things that have happened for them. Um, so that's something as well that we're going to yeah, be yeah, kind of careful and mindful about, um, making sure that um, the parent or carer has support for their own well-being. It seemed like the facilitator um, fulfilled that role to some extent. Um, but yeah, we're mindful that for some parents and carers, they may need um, kind of more intensive support. So making sure that we're able to identify where that's the case and signpost on to appropriate sources of further support um, where a parent or carer might need it. But yeah, overall, um, we felt that um, it seems like um, the support package was feasible to deliver, acceptable um, to most of those involved and we didn't have any serious safety concerns. So we kind of met our initial criteria that we were looking at to see whether this might be something that's um, worth continuing.
1: And what's next for Aspire?
0: Yeah, so um, this project was all about, yeah, developing the intervention um, with our stakeholders um, and, yeah, testing out um, that initial kind of feasibility, acceptability and safety. Um, but there's still quite a long way to go in terms of kind of researching this intervention and seeing whether it is something that would be suitable to be rolled out more widely and that is our eventual hope um, that if this is something that um, could potentially be beneficial that it could be offered um, nationally across a range of settings Um, but before we get there um, we need to do a little bit more work just to check that it would be applicable across a wider range of areas So we're interested in would this be culturally appropriate if we were kind of moving to a broader group of young people and families um because um we were trying out this intervention in norfolk and suffolk um it's a sort of less um kind of diverse area of the country in terms of ethnicity than some other parts of the uk Um, so that's something we're quite interested in is if we're moving to parts of the uk that perhaps more culturally diverse would it be appropriate across all families so we'd like to um speak to some families um, about that, see whether there are any adaptations we'd need to make. Um, and we also need to kind of look and see would this kind of fit equally well across services across the country, um, because we know that support services for children and families vary quite a lot across the country. Um, so we want to try and maximise the chances that this would be a kind of a good fit um, in other places. In other Um, And then we'd really like to try and test whether the intervention works, um, essentially. So is it helpful um, in helping families um, to improve their young person's resilience um, and to ultimately decrease the chances that they'll experience poor mental health later in life? Um, We got some positive indications of that through this study, um, but we haven't really been able to kind of test and establish whether that is the case yet. So we'd like to do some research to, to find that out. And we'd also like to um, see whether this um, approach offers value for money, um, because if we're asking people potentially to kind of fund um, this being rolled out, um, they'd like quite likely to want to see um, that their money is going to be spent well um, and the money that's spent would be kind of justified by the potential benefits. And so some kind of cost effectiveness type analyses um, would be really helpful for that later on. Um, So, yeah, so we're looking into doing that future research at the moment, speaking to our kind of stakeholders and getting some advice from people who um, know lots about this sort of thing um, to try and think through how we could do this future research um, and maximize the chances that it will be successful.
1: Thank you so much, Bryony. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing about the findings of Aspire. And thank you to our listeners uh, for sticking with us for, with this episode. Uh, if you have any questions or want to find out more about Aspire, you can email the research team at aspire at nsft.nhs.uk. Thank you. That's great. Thanks, Aoife.
0: Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe. It's free and means a podcast will automatically download every fortnight. Do rate and review Mental Health and You and follow our social media accounts. that are all in the show notes. And more than anything, look after yourself.